Hi, Rebecca Ashton here with another episode of The Horse Podcast. Christopher Bartle needs no introduction. He's arguably the best equestrian coach in the world. After a 20-year gold rush with Germany, Chris is well on the way of repeating the same success with his home country eventing riders, Team GB. Having won gold at the last World Equestrian Games, this year Chris and his squad also took out Team Gold at the Tokyo Olympics and then just a few months later achieved the same result at the European Championships in Switzerland, as well as all individual medals. In this interview, we start with a wrap-up of Tokyo and what's next for Team GB. Chris discusses looking outside the box, motivating athletes and some of the one percenters in the equestrian sport. We look at how he takes the rider on the journey of success, how failure is used as a motivator and what makes a champion. Chris explains how he creates mental self-carriage in horses and riders. And what does eventing and Formula One have in common? The interview picks up with Chris talking about Tokyo and his experiences there. It was a strange experience. I uh, was it? called it uh, in terms of the place we were staying. We we were not in the Olympic Village. Yeah. Uh, we were in a hotel, Yokohama, and um, that was a, just a policy decision by the equestrian uh, discipline to to uh, stay out of the village just because of the risk of getting yeah. COVID when we were in the village. Yeah. Well. So. Um, we stayed in what I referred to as a five-star prison, basically. We were in uh, solitary confinement in our rooms and room service and everything else. Oh, really? And lovely view out of my prison cell, out over the harbour and so on. <laughs> uh, we were bussed into the, uh, the venue in our own uh, little minibus, and uh, <clears throat> that was uh, even just going to the minibus backwards and forwards was with somebody marching in front and behind you to make sure you didn't stray from the road and so on. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah. Uh, it was all pretty strict. So, uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it was probably worth it in the sense that we managed <laughs> to get in and out without any cases in our particular um, discipline, as it were. I know there were some athletes who did get caught out um, mm. with the virus in, in the village and others who strayed out of the village and were found on the streets and were sent home. Are you kidding? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my so, God. Uh, Did you get to venture out straight. afterwards or not really? No. It was just uh, we straight home. Straight on the plane and yeah. the day after, after yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But what a result, huh? I mean... Yeah, great result. Great result. Um, you know, I, uh, of course... Um, for GB, for 49 years since they'd won a gold, team goal, so it was really big, um, you know. And uh, on the other side of the coin, I guess there's a slight <clears throat> niggling feeling on my part, my own personal part, that uh, we maybe should have had another individual <laughs> if really? I hadn't sort of slightly... Uh, uh, so what went wrong there? <laughs> well, I mean, wrong, that, uh, you know, I, I, I say wrong with... <laughs> Yeah, no, well, yeah, well, you, you analyse after every performance what you could do better. Mm. And, um, you know, the, the temptation in this situation is to try to be better and better, and then the risk is that the, the riders, the athletes, I always refer to them as athletes, 
um, overwork and overwork their horses, and I think Laura probably overworked her horse mm. um, in the prep in the days before. Okay. Uh, immediately before, and his test wasn't as stunning as it should have been. He should have been in the low 20s, 20, 21, maybe even you know, he's good enough to go 19, I thought. And yeah, uh, okay, well. um, you know, you can all say if only this and if only that in the sport. That's what it's all about, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. Anyway, the fact is, uh, you know, don't take away from it. It was a great team result. Um, Oliver. You know, produce a great results at the beginning for the team in every this in every phase of it, really. And uh, of course, um, Tom McEwen uh, again, stunning performance from him, and uh, you know, well deserved you know, the the individual silver. And I had a personal, uh, this is you know, more yeah, with Julia Krajewski's results because she'd spent so much time in Yorkshire with us yeah, in the past. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I've been so much involved in her um, journey, as it were, uh, to you, that point. So, were you yeah. involved with that horse as well? Or was that a horse? Did you, did you know that? Not that particular horse, no. Uh, she'd only just acquired that horse um, by, I don't think it was even when I was still officially Team Germany. I mm. think she got it after that. Um, so, yeah, she um, uh, produced it uh, and she's a really good, uh, thorough. You know, trainer of horses as well, and so she produced, as you well know, uh, you know, Chipmunk and yeah. um, obviously Samuel Hyde and so on. She's had some really good horses, yeah, very you know, that she, yeah, produced, yeah. so and still young, uh, still young, take my hat off, yeah, and still young, right? Well, yeah. everyone's yeah. young to me, but you know, she's yeah, still pretty very young. young. <laughs> <laughs> my god but yeah. um how was the the preparation for tokyo in that you know it's on it's off maybe it's on it is on it's definitely on did well, that i, I mean my it, and the one i tried to put across all the time to our guys was um there's going to be somebody standing on a podium who's going to be very happy with a medal around the neck yeah. and that would be the one who didn't give up who trained uh you know, well, and was ready on the day. Mm. And so you couldn't start thinking, will it, will it, won't it, you know, shall we, shan't we, etc. You just had to all the time focus on the basis. Yeah. You take every preparation, every precaution that you can at the same time, uh, you take a positive attitude that, yes, it will happen. You know, and mm. that's certainly the message that we would, I say we as a group, we uh, on the sort of... Uh, coaching management side, uh, Dickie Wager, my partner in crime, uh, you know, he was really good on that side of things across all the disciplines because he was not just uh, eventing manager, but also overall uh, chef de mission for the whole equestrian team. Mm. So he had plenty on his shoulders. Yeah. Well. But he kept putting across this message and I think it was excellent uh, what he did there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Um... You know, do you think much will, you know, having Tokyo is done now, regroup, looking towards, you know, Paris, I guess, what, do you think the format will stay the same or it's too early to tell or? It is uh, <clears throat> perhaps too early to tell, but frankly, uh, the vibes are not good in the sense that we were all trying to push for um, uh, going back to a 
format of uh, four in a team for each account, but I believe that that's just off the table. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I mean, frankly, um, you know, we all put our papers and uh, ideas in and, and uh, point of view and so on, but I do get the feeling that uh, it's just a bit of a closed shop and that uh, all the talking and pressure that we Doesn't put on matter. has no effect whatsoever. Yeah. And I don't actually think, personally, that it's the IOC. I mean, they all bat it backwards and forwards between themselves. The IOC say it's down to the sporting discipline to decide. The sporting discipline says it's the IOC who want more flags and uh, the the, the organising committee who want less expense and so on and so on. So everybody passes the buck in terms of the blame. Um, But um, it is, well, it was, I would say, uh, particularly... uh, (laughs) Un, unpleasant as well were uncomfortable experience for those guys who were there yeah. <clears throat> as reserves yeah. you know and uh, they had to be ready at every second to jump on and mm. go um, at the same time that they were there um, bystanders yeah. you know so yeah, it's tough. Horrendous. Yeah, we tough. were very fortunate in that Ross Cantor was a fantastic uh, reserved for us in terms of her attitude the whole time, her positivity, the way she helped the others and so on, uh, particularly Ross with Laura. And so I just uh, take my hat off to her. And, and I feel in a funny sort of way that's possibly her undoing at the Europeans when, um, you know, due to him, the horse, being, as it were, prepared and, and not running and doing the long journey and not running and then being, yeah, <clears throat> clearly yeah. for very obvious reasons, being in the team at the Europeans and perhaps short of a run or two uh, to, to sharpen him up and mm. sharpen them both up and so on and uh, get caught out. Now, in the end, yeah, we have to be honest and look back and say, well, perhaps we should have thought about it mm. and you mm. know, done something slightly different in the preparation. So we're always learning, we're always mm. looking back, analysing and seeing what we can do better or differently next time. And when you started with Team GB this time, you know, I think you said before, they're all quite young riders, generally mm. speaking. So did you approach that quite differently to, say, like a German team with your Ingrid Klimkism? Yeah, but if I think back to my time with Team Germany, when I first started with them... They were young. Up, didn't it? Yeah, it was 2001. <laughs> No, that was a long time ago. But anyway, the fact of the matter is there were what I would refer to as the old-timers then. You know, there was uh, Herbert Locker, there was Bodo Battenberg, there was, you know, okay, Dubofsky's been there forever. Mm. Uh, But, you know, some guys who were set in their ways, you might say, and then the younger ones, and Ingrid was one of those younger ones. And then, you know, likewise, along came Julian, along came Mickey, along came... Uh, Frank Austell and all, all the younger guys but the ones you tend to have a little bit more influence mm. with mm. and I guess the same applies here having switched to Team GB I mean in, right at the beginning uh, in our first team at the Europeans in Poland uh, well we had a mixture we had the young uh, up and comings uh, you know in the sense of Ross Cantor 
Um, at the same time, we had the established stars of Tina Cook, who was on that team in Poland, and, and Nicola Wilson, who I counted in both camps. She's somebody I've worked with since she was a young writer, so she's sort of very personal to me in the sense that I've had some uh, role in her development way back when mm. I was with Team Germany. I was still coaching Nicola. Mm. So, yeah, um, I would say yeah, Tom McEwen is another one who's sort of come through. So um, it is always easier when you have younger ones that you can mould yeah. to your, your style and your way of thinking and so on. Yeah. So what is that way of thinking in terms of like, I mean, it's kind of nuts what you've done. You, know, you just win gold with every, you know, Germany gold, everything, and then you just hit the UK and then you just start winning gold and everything again. Like, there's got to be something you're doing. And, of course, we want to know all your deep, dark secrets. But um, what do you think? <laughs> like, there's got to be something you're doing very differently, surely. No? Yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's fascinating, isn't it? I mean, I don't think that I have any particular secrets. Um, I'm obsessed about um, the sport. I'm obsessed about winning. I'm obsessed about um, <laughs> thinking about everything that um, comes into producing a winning performance. And that is the technical side. It's the mental side. It's the preparation of the horses. It's the preparation the athletes, I, as I say, I refer to them as athletes, and that's perhaps is something which is a little bit different, you know. Um, yeah, uh, I do have to uh, sometimes think, well, what is it that produces the result? Because I don't, what I don't want to do is lose it. So if something <laughs> works, <laughs> I have to think, what's the key ingredient that's making it work? Um, so it's uh, I've hit on a, 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 um, the one thing. You know, a, mag a magic juice. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, There's the vodka, no. <laughs> what time is it? Right, it. <laughs> uh, but it is, um, yeah, it's obviously very satisfying, but at the same time, you've also, uh, as I just said now, when I was talking about the games, you can analyse things and say, well, what could you do better next time? Yeah. So it's, it's, as long as I have that, wake up in the morning with that sort of um, yeah. uh, feeling that we could be better, Yeah. Um, then it's exciting and yeah. um, uh, it's the challenge that's exciting. Do you, do you take from other sports? Do you look at other uh, yeah, sports I or not? Yeah, I sports. I'm interested in the management side of other sports. Uh, you know, it could be something which seems logical in a way, but Formula One is not dissimilar to us. And yeah. Yeah, huge budgets, huge, huge budgets. <laughs> totally different in that respect. But what the driver is doing with his car is what the rider is doing with his horse. Yeah. And so yeah. they get the best car that they possibly can, yeah, and the same way as we look for the best horse that we possibly can. They tweak their car to make it perform better. We tweak our horse to make it perform better. Yeah. They can go to the garage and get a new tire. We can't. We have to look after our horses yeah. um, so carefully. We can't crash them into the wall and, and go get another car out of the garage. So uh, there are dissimilarities. But at the same time, um, yeah, it's this uh, aspect of uh, what is in the rider's control and what is 
down to the horse and how can we mm. uh, yeah train the horse uh, develop this partnership with the horse um, when I say train it perhaps improve or change its way of going through the training we do and so on so there's a lot of aspects to it um, and yeah you could also liken it to other sports with a piece of equipment whether it be a sailing boat or a cycle or you know, yeah. we all uh, can imagine sports with, with different bits of equipment now of course in our case not only have we got the horse as a piece of equipment in inverted commas but we have all the equipment that goes with that horse yeah That's I know right <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I guess where perhaps this differentiates uh, my approach, I think anyway, is that um, many people focus on uh, the horse more than on the rider. Yeah. yeah. So I'm obsessive yeah. about the rider. Good. Yeah. You've got them all working out yet? I know we talked about that yeah. ages ago. <laughs> Working out, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we do have them working out, yeah, absolutely. Again, going back to me, on the athlete's strength and condition and yeah. supplements and uh, balance and every aspect that you can think of that uh, is important to uh, yeah. their performance is something that we do, yeah, definitely yeah, focus on, yeah. There's a cool thing. There's a guy I've got here who's kind of like a mentor to me with my, the work that I do, but um, he had a motorcycle racer like a motorsport racer guy and he was training he's a chiropractor by trade but he does he's really into movement and everything he's doing a lot of um like mind body connection but with the eye so you've got to have that disassociation of the you know head from body and the eye separate from the the head and the head separate from the eye all that stuff it's just so but so relevant to yeah absolutely these are the little details that are fascinating because at the end of the day when you yeah, you talk about the eyes and, and, and uh, the effect uh, that the rider's vision and their control of their, and their ability to separate mm-hmm. out the bits, as you mentioned, where they're looking from what they're doing with their body and vice mm-hmm. versa. It all uh, has a minute and yet important effect on the horse's mm-hmm. response uh, to the rider and the rider's, I call it, body language, you know, so... I also, go back to way, way back in the days when I used to come to Dural and teach. <laughs> um, and yet nothing's changed in that respect. Uh, I wrote, wrote the book approximately in 2001, mm. um, Training the Sports And uh, I talked there about uh, position statement and body language and so on. And yeah. that still remains the essence, you know. And so, yeah, it, it, these things that you just referred to in terms of, uh, you know, uh, eye body coordination and, and, and so on, um, uh, hugely benefit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 really big. But I guess that comes down to your, your little one percenters, isn't it? That's a really cool sporting term at the moment, isn't it? Getting in your one percenters in. But it is those little things because that's the difference, yeah, yeah, sure. isn't it, between the podium and not. Choices. And uh, it's interesting, you know, I've just been to Poe, as you know, and uh, this morning earlier I was just. Um, looking at some videos because I was doing an analysis, cross-country analysis for one particular rider and uh, looking at a tiny detail of their way of handling the reins, Uh which eventually then has a huge impact on the 
the way the horse then responds on the cross country and their effectiveness on the cross country. Yeah, that's good. These yeah. little details, this this sort of dexterity I call it sometimes, this ability to handle the reins in this particular case I'm talking about, but um, it applies to other parts. Yeah. But yeah, that can make a difference to the end result, not just in terms of uh, potentially uh, leading to a confusion with the horse and a run out or a stop or a fall or whatever, but it has also marginal effects on your speed and efficiency going cross country, mm. therefore. Mm. The effect on, on time and and uh, on the fatigue levels for the horse. Yeah. That's um that's a coaching skill, isn't it? Too like being open minded to be able to not just say you know look at look at that detail. <clears throat> I don't know. I think it's. I think yeah. And no, I agree. You're right there. Interesting. I'm going to be going over to to Germany. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> And they want me to meet up with their national trainers and so on for all the disciplines and, and talk about... You know, this uh, is recorded, right? I'm joking. It's <laughs> <laughs> a contract. It's a, 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 a paragraph in my contract with Team GB that says I can't train other teams. Uh, but uh, working with coaches is it's okay. Uh, side of my life so that i guess is somewhere that i eventually probably will go in a bit more detail is this yeah uh, coaching so, um it's certainly that um uh, fascination i guess uh, of looking at i call it looking outside the box not looking to st- standard equestrian terms yeah. and so on you know um so what that leads to whether it be in the dressage, uh, in terms of uh, the way riders sit and communicate, and, and so on. You know, it's it's not just about the classic textbooks, uh, half halt and uh, using the little you know leg to engage the horse or whatever. You got the book? <laughs> uh, yeah, well done. Yeah, exactly. Is that? Um, you know, but then you start to think beyond that and the, and, yeah. and the physics of it, you know, and, uh, and how is the horse's um, uh, body, in effect, constructed and how do the, the, the details of the, the horse's uh, response to stimulation, as it were, mm. the nerve endings, where they're located, mm. That amount of detail, wow. I think, yep. interesting, and also can lead to that 1% you talk about, or 0.1%. Yeah, even, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So what makes a good coach, do you think? And that's a big question. Uh, well, I, <laughs> well, we just discussed yeah. some of that, I guess, you know. I mean, good. what makes a good coach? Uh, winning, I suppose. But... <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> um, and that answers that. Um, okay, next question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, uh, it's uh, attention to detail, I guess. Uh, at the same time, uh, the yes, we can attitude, um, you know, we talk about the mental side of training, um, whoever you're working with to improve their performance, um, 
you're trying to take them on a journey where they are always searching for that little bit extra and improvement mm. and so on at the same time not uh, getting to the point where they feel that the journey is too long or too difficult yeah. or uh, the, the target is too far away the yeah. target has to be just within achievable. reach just achievable within reach. Just. just needs one more little detail <laughs> always just a little bit more and always down to that character <laughs> one centimeter in front of that <laughs> that's true though that's true but i guess yeah. that's a bit of psychology too isn't it knowing knowing the person you got in front of you a little bit oh yeah absolutely yeah that's yeah. another fascinating part of the, of the job and as you what you call it sports psychology I prefer actually to use the expression uh, mental training mm. <clears throat> because we talk about technical training, we talk about yeah. the uh, physical training yeah. in terms of strength and condition, we talk about uh, therefore mental training makes sense as well, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, I know psychology is a fancy term for it, um, but it always, to me, implies somebody wearing a green coat and you're lying on the couch and <laughs> talking out your problems <laughs> yeah uh, up in the ether as it were so yeah. um it is understanding and knowing the characters that you're working with that uh, there, there is uh, uh definitely it makes obvious sense. Mm. Um, every person is an individual and is finding the key to them. And that mm. key to them is not always a direct key in the sense that it's ourselves mm. uh, as coaches who produce the performance. It may be somebody on the periphery that we identify is the key person. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Work nice. through another person. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's good. So, but it's also communicate. Uh, I just remember, you know, training with you all those years ago and everything, but what was always, you could always communicated so simply, you know, it was always seemed simple, even though maybe it wasn't, you know. But I think. Well, I know I think that is important because as we go back to my point about success is only one millimeter away, <laughs> you know, so if you can try and put it across, put your message across simply, well, then it. Implies that it's yeah simple. I can fix that no problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I'm still going. Um, I'm still trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's another mantra of mine. Um, failure motivates, you know, um, and so that is. Uh, we all learn more from mistakes than we do from well, successes, yeah. um, because we analyze the mistakes much more, whereas the successes we celebrate. Yeah, but. Um, sometimes we need to stop and analyze the successes and see mm. what it was that uh, you know led to it. So, yeah. as far as the, the failure aspect is concerned, um, yeah, uh, my sort of post-match analysis, my post-event uh, analysis, is uh, always done in a way where I'm trying to. Uh, emphasize the positive, emphasize the simplicity of fixing a problem rather than it being critical. Yeah, so. that's good. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, 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 that, yeah. That's important. You know, to take the, to, to take the, journey, the athlete on the journey with you. Yeah. yeah. So you don't approach yeah. going, what were you doing? What do you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> that's not your first words to them? Like that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 
But I guess it's, um, I mean, I guess that comes down to, I know you said at one stage, you know, um, for success, you know, it's got to have that, um, you know, attention to detail and all of those things, but also the will to win. But that's going to, the failure is going to motivate those who want to win, isn't it? It's not going to motivate those who don't really want to. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So, and, uh, and, you know, um, those who are Im- immediately demotivated by failure, well, uh, that's yeah. going to apply to them in every aspect of their life, yeah. isn't it? So it, it um, you know, this is something which is uh, goes beyond sport into yeah. how you manage your own life. And so then there's me becoming a life coach as well. <laughs> That's <laughs> your next career, uh, right? <laughs> a few people to experiment with over the years. Even uh, <laughs> <laughs> my kids and so on. So I, I still uh, end up trying to, to um, be a life coach to them. Well, which is, yeah. Great, because you get all this feedback from them. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not going to let you get away with stuff, are they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hilarious. Yeah. But, I mean, is that that will to win sort of thing, is that measurable? I mean, okay, winning, that's probably a measurable result mm-hmm. of your will to win. But, are there, you know, I guess the question is there's those riders that they might make the team, but they might make the team a lot. But there's always those riders that you see always make the podium. And I feel like just from you know, what I've seen, but not being that involved with it, they're just wired totally differently. Do you agree or is it, you know, I, I don't know. No, I think there is a different attitude from those uh, top athletes uh, in any sport uh, who are winners. Um, they have that, um, yeah, all-consuming uh, desire to be the best. They're yeah. not satisfied being second best, you yeah, know. Yeah. Whereas in life, there, we know lots of people who are great, uh, relaxed, laid-back, happy-go-lucky type of people who mm. enjoy their life, but they're not driven by wanting to be always yeah. at the front. You know? yeah. um, and so uh, I guess I am in that latter category. I, I just mm. am a very competitive <laughs> animal and I and, and no matter what I'm doing uh, it doesn't have to be a question it could be anything um, I don't like uh, to be beaten and what I mean by being beaten if I set off in a race now uh, and try to be a marathon runner there's no way I would uh, win a marathon but uh, if I have set myself a goal my win is beating my goal. Yeah, you know? yeah. So that, that, that's the sort of driving uh, at, um, sort of attitude that, um, or that driven attitude that I think uh, those sort of top sports people yeah. have. Uh, it's always so you never let your kid, you never let your kids win when they were little, like in running races <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, you know, you, you all remember, you know, you know, running <laughs> with a kid and they, you try to let them win the race, you know, so, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Too funny. But um, yeah. I guess um, I think also people, th- that's the other thing, people think they're working hard when really they're not. Like, I sometimes think people think they're giving their all, but if they really realised what it really took to be really good, they yeah. would be shocked. Yeah. 
I think, yeah. as a layperson. No, I think it's definitely, uh, you know, I sometimes refer to um, uh, persistence. Uh, sometimes I talk about stubborn patience. Some people get frustrated yeah. uh, because they're not achieving or their horse isn't performing or whatever. And I often then talk about uh, stubborn patience, basically saying... Mm. I've got all the time in the world, but we are going to do this. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, uh, it's, uh, I've got more time than you have. Yeah, so, you uh, always used to say, stick to your guns, just stick to your guns, just stay there and stick to your guns. Stick to your guns, exactly that, absolutely. Yeah, because sometimes in training a horse, you have a situation where, as I always <clears throat> pinch the expression from George Morris, you've always got to have more time than your horse. Mm. You know? So if you're attitude is one of um, yeah we haven't got it now but we're going to stick to what we're doing and, and wait for you to change your mind <laughs> or something like that yeah. <coughs> so yeah. I'm not saying that um, we have to be unrealistic in terms of training a horse or trying to achieve something ourselves if, mm -hmm. uh, if um, it's quite clear that a particular road comes to a dead end, we have to admit it's come to a dead end and we've got to try and go up another road. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, so that is a, there's a fine line between stubborn persistence and, and uh, reality, as it were. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's true. It's knowing the difference. It's knowing when. It's your judgment, isn't it? <laughs> that's right. That's right. So what... Um, in any discipline out there at the moment, what riders do you really think, whoa, like you really are impressed with? Uh, I think it would be, you know, start going down a heck of a long list if I stop and think about it. Yeah. You know, the ones, the, as you referred to, who got their long, longevity in the sport because they are consistent performers, consistent winners, you know, in our discipline and our particular team, you know, something <clears throat> like Oliver Townend, um, is somebody who, um, <clears throat> yeah, he sometimes has said himself to his own detriment, uh, <laughs> you know, he can win uh, pretty and he can win ugly, you know, uh, and that doesn't go down well sometimes with uh, some, some people who observe him. But at the same time, what he has is that attitude that, uh, and he's somebody in a, from myself as a coach, and I've known Oliver since he uh, left school uh, mm. because he came to us from school, basically, uh, to Yorkshire. And then he's done, obviously, a um, lot more since then, and he moved on and so on, and became hugely successful. And that uh, is partly, I guess, from, and I, I can't say this for certain without him saying yes or no, but um, mm. he's a driven person because he had to do it from zero. Yes. Not any advantages in terms of uh, background, money, yes. facilities, etc., etc. So yeah. he's, he's driven himself, I think, like a lot of top athletes, uh, because mm. he had a point to prove that mm. he had. Yeah. He came from, you know? Yeah. And that continues to be a driver for him. Okay, you know, yeah. About it. But, and then as a, as a person who's coaching him, and sometimes, and I've had this happen before with other riders, and probably more males than females, but 
you you offer your best advice, you make suggestions, you uh, whatever, um, try to, to help them. And initially, you don't get much feedback. You don't get any, oh, yeah, no, <laughs> It's sort of, you wonder sometimes if it's uh, gone in or gone over or been totally ignored or whatever. You only recognize it afterwards when you see a slight change yes. in way of de- dealing with things or doing things or their style, mm. riding it or the performance of their horse. And you can say, haha, maybe something's stuck there. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's also, I guess, um, do, do you ever have to feel like you got to pull riders back a bit? Like, whoa, just calm down. <laughs> or do you oh, love yeah. that drive and it's just about shaping it? I don't know. No, I think there are people who need to be... Uh, <laughs> Meditate. Somewhat, yeah, and say, whoa, calm down, slow down, wait, yeah, be patient. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's, that's frankly, sad. you know, what makes the whole uh, job of being a coach... Uh, really interesting because mm. you are dealing with these different characters. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah uh, as I say, I, I one moment I call myself a coach, another time a trainer, another time an instructor. Each of these words means something slightly different. Mm. You know. So um, when you're in a coaching uh, environment, you're really doing it in a holistic sense. You're looking mm. at the technical performance, you're looking yeah. at the mental performance, you're looking at the lifestyle, you're looking at uh, so many uh, aspects, whereas a trainer is much more uh, focused on the technical side of yeah. performance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Whether it be to do training the horse or training the rider, how to perform something or other. And those, those, that aspect of, of coaching is still hugely important, but less so five minutes before you're going to go into the Olympic uh, arena. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. case of, go on. Keep no, going. A case then uh, of uh, trying to get the riders, uh, the athletes, to stick to their system. Basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ride like you do at home a little bit. I, well, I don't know. Does yeah, that apply? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I yeah. think that another expression I often say is, is in coaching um, riders and, and training them as well. Um, I'm always looking for what I refer to as self-carriage. And what I mean by that, we look for our horses to be in self-carriage mm. and so on. But we, I look for my riders to be in self-carriage in the sense that they're able to make their own decisions, react mm. uh, correctly, not look for somebody outside to tell them what to do. You know, so the whole yeah. time, if I put uh, riders into a training situation, I'll very often do so um, without any guidance, in order that they can go in there and learn for themselves, you know? okay. and expect them to to make a mistake, as it were. So, and to learn from that, you know. Okay. Uh, in terms of training horses, I'll very often uh, put fences uh, on an imperfect distance because I want the horses to learn to adjust to an imperfect distance. You know? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. sometimes send riders into a ring and tell them to jump the fences or a course or whatever without having walked it before. 
We just have to just look at the numbers and go from one to ten or whatever and react to what's there. So these are things which I think um, develop that, I call it self-carriage. Mm. No, that's cool. Yeah, mental, mental self-carriage as well as physical. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 How do you yeah. think your coaching's changed over the years? I mean, obviously, venting's changed a bit, but um, do you think, I mean, I know we were talking before, like your fundamentals are basically the same thing, you know, mm. horse and rider. But how do you think? Yeah. I mean, you've obviously okay, learnt yeah. more, haven't you? But, you know. Uh, the, the basic uh, underpinning sort of philosophy remains, I guess, the same. But, mm. of course, as I've gone along, I've learnt and, and uh, learnt by observing, learnt by practising, learnt yeah. by experimenting, learnt by being told. You're all the time picking up yeah. uh, more information, you know, and, and say often, I wish I knew then what I know now. Right. I might be the better writer. You know, so. <laughs> Um, that's the problem we have in life. Uh, so, <clears throat> still, it, it does enable me then gradually over time to be more helpful as a trainer and mm. coach and, and mm. so on because I've got many more um, experiences to fall back on to mm. to yeah to mm. pass on then to others. Mm. <clears throat> so um, I don't think we'll ever stop learning. To be honest, no, you don't. Well, you, you shouldn't, should you? So are you still writing at all? I still write, yeah. Um, not uh, competitively. I no. ride horses which come for training. Okay. Um, I uh, haven't got a horse of my own as such that I'm competing. Uh, I've got my daughter's horse. Uh, she's, well, I've got her older horse now, which she's just basically doing something with on her own. But then she just between us acquired a, a four-year-old that'll be, uh, you know, soon turning five. Uh, the project will be for us both to uh, see if we can get this uh, horse um, ready for 2028 Los Angeles. Wow! Know, so, so she's she looks my, right. She's keen. Yeah, well, I started my Olympic career in Los Angeles in 1984. 2028 is Los Angeles again, and so um, I've uh, set myself and my daughter's target. <laughs> Uh, to be uh, in 2028 20, in Los Angeles for this horse. Oh, uh, that would be amazing. Yeah, that would be a goal. I never know. It would be very cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah you got to give it a go. There's your goal up there. Now you got to go yeah, for exactly. it. Dangle that carrot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, interesting having had this conversation because as I've just referred to earlier on, I'm going to be going over to, to Germany to talk to some coaches over there. And, yeah. and what they're wanting to do is pick my brains about what it is, uh, what is this magic formula, as it were. And, um, you know, it's this compliment. It's great. I love it. Uh, yeah. no, 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 really, but um, it makes me stop and think, well, what is it? What is it? Yeah. yeah. And that could, as I said before, lead to my next sort of uh, phase of my career in terms of not so much coaching riders as coaching coaches. coaches. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Probably where I'll be heading to the next. Fantastic. 